Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And this morning, I hope you're hungry because we're talking about food. Okay, we're not really talking about food. We're talking about restaurants and restaurant marketing. And my guest this morning is Jeffrey Summers. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Lorraine. Jeffrey, um, as we get started, why don't you tell folks a little bit about um, kind of who you are, and then uh, I'll let Allison do late greetings after that. Cool. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Summers. I'm the president of Summers Hospitality uh, Group in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we're a national, international uh, coaching and consulting firm. We uh, consult with restaurants and hotels around the world and have been doing so for over 30 years. Awesome. And um, I have to tell folks, I've never actually met Jeffrey face-to-face, but we've um, chatted uh, on Twitter for so long, it it feels like I know you. (laughs) Well, that's one of the components of social media. You don't really uh, have to meet in real life in order to establish friendships and relationships, so it's a cool thing. It really is. And uh, this morning, also with us, good morning, Allison. Good morning, everyone. I intend to spend the entirety of this show figuring out where we're going to lunch, so please tweet me any suggestions you may have in the Indy area. (laughs) Because what else would we be talking about but food at Ramtag? Okay, so this morning, um, and the reason I really wanted, Jeffrey, for you to to participate in in today's show is really talk about... um, about marketing for restaurants. Um, in some respects, they're, they're very much like other businesses, but they have some of their unique challenges. What do you think some of the things that you're talking to restaurant owners about that they have to get right to have effective Lots marketing? Of things. <laughs> Lots of things. Uh, how much, we, we only have 30 minutes, right? So I need to keep this short. One of the biggest problems that we have uh, in not just talking with restaurant operators but the world in general when it comes to marketing is understanding that restaurants aren't retail businesses. Uh, and if you don't get that, then you're really not going to be successful marketing your restaurant because you're going to be relegated to competing with discounts, coupons, on price, and you're quickly going to become a commodity. Restaurants are about social experiences. That's our product. It's not food. It's not the service. It's not just ambiance or a combination of one, two, or three of those. It's all of it. We focus on the guest experience, and that's what we sell. Uh, and unless you're engaged in relationship marketing and not transaction-based marketing, you're really not going to be successful. That's probably the key to understanding and being successful with restaurant marketing or hospitality marketing in general, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel, a spa, a bar, cafe, whatever. That you know, that is um, it's so true. When I think about the restaurants that are my favorites, um, that the mm-hmm. ones I go to again and again, um, the food is good, but it is it is the experience. So, right. as as a restaurant owner, whether they're a new restaurant or they're trying to revitalize their their brand and their position in the marketplace, how do you decide? How do you build um, a relevant experience? For customers, it starts with knowing who your guest is, and that's that may be an overbroad or an oversimplification, but it's extremely important because nine times out of ten, what we find our operators really don't know who the guest is sitting in their dining room. Uh, what we have to tell operators is that just because people can walk and chew gum at the same time and they're labeled human beings doesn't mean that they're a potential guest. 
there are people who are going to like your business and like your offerings and like the experience that you offer, or they won't. And you've got to find enough people who will not just like your experience, but love your experience to the point of engaging with it and engaging in word of mouth, positive word of mouth in the community in which you seek more guests in order to understand who they are and to market with them. So it kind of comes down to segmentation, deciding um, who your guests are, who they aren't, um, and building an experience around a segment. Absolutely. Uh, and, it's, and, not, and segmentation within segmentation as well. Uh, you find out who your core target market is. That's who you market to. That's who's going to be in your dining room uh, so much that they're paying the bills and putting money in your pocket. So even within that group itself, though, there are different types of people with different values, and you need to hit as many of those values to create as many emotional connections as possible to your market. Okay, I love that idea. How do you, in a restaurant dining experience, how do you create some of those emotional connections? Um, what can you do throughout the experience, as well as what do you do before and after in your marketing to prime that pump for that target audience? Well, it's there are two different functions of the restaurant relationship marketing. If, on a new restaurants where you have no relationships at all and you need to establish them quickly or you have an established restaurant with established relationships. But the first thing gets back to understanding what your guest values. How do you how do you figure that out? What what's the easiest well, way to kind of get to that? Well it, it's like it's just like trying to figure out how to become somebody's friend in real life. I mean, if we were trying to be friends with each other, you just find out what you value, what I value, and you try to marry the two sets of values as closely as you can and as deep as you can in order to create an emotional connection. You do the same thing in, in the restaurant. You gotta find out what they where do the kids are their kids in soccer do what does their wife do? What occupation do they have? Uh, where do they go to church? Where do they do business? Where do they go to the dry cleaners? Things like that. Uh, and then simply have conversations with them over time. And you glean this information from those conversations, whether they're formal, informal, uh, by, you know, survey or by simply talking to them in the dining room. Great. Um, you said, uh, let, let me ask you a question, you know, as, as you're building this relationship, and clearly, you know, I do a lot on social media in general. Um, as restaurants are looking to build these relationships, what are some of the things they can do well? Uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing that restaurants are doing well? Maybe some examples of some restaurants you've seen that really um, are doing a good job of building those relationships outside of the restaurant to bring people to the restaurant. Cause marketing, getting involved in the community. Uh, You've got to walk the talk, and just because you understand what your guests value doesn't mean that it's only because you need to create an experience with food, with wine, with drink, with uh, music, whatever, and then the dining room in order to keep them coming back and attract them. You've got to do it outside the four walls as well. You've got to get involved in the community. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. You've got to engage in those causes that are uh, near and dear to the hearts of your guests. Uh, now, what those are going to be, I don't know. And you may have more than one, but you need to keep that focused. So you don't need to be engaging all over the board because then you dilute your effort. But uh, finding out what's important in, in your community as well and then engaging outside your four walls. Awesome. Um, 
Is there, um, and obviously, you know, uh, because you work all over the world, are there restaurants that pop into your head that you think do this really well um, that have embraced a particular cause and it's worked for them? All of our clients do because every time we go into uh, a different situation, that's one of the things we try to build because that's where half the relationships come from. Uh, we find inevitably we find inevitably that when we get into the community, uh, the core uh, target market not only grows but the guest base grows, sales grow because of that. You you find that when you start to engage with those values that are important to your guests coming in the door currently, that there's a lot more people out there that share those values. And guess what? They follow each other around. Imagine that. Oh, you know they do. I mean I, I've seen that with a couple of of local restaurants here. Um, where the owners themselves have been very visible and personable on social media. They've gotten involved in, in different activities. And I think people show up at the restaurant because of the connection, initially because of the connection to the owner and then the connection to each other. Is there a risk, pro or con, about building the social media personality around the personality of the owner versus the brand of the restaurant? Yes and no. As long as the personality of the owner mirrors the brand, then you're fine. But as soon as you, as soon as, because the guest is attracted to whatever they are attracted to in social media or in their marketing or in the, as they see the brand through their eyes in the community. So when they walk in the door, the experience has got to be what you promised. And if it's not, then you've lost it. Oh, absolutely. If you can't, if you can't, uh, and I think that's in any business. Um, if at the point, uh, the moment of truth, you disappoint the customer by not delivering what they expected, it's really hard to overcome that. Well, and in the restaurant business, we call that the moment of experience. Uh, and as soon as they start to experience your brand, period, because a restaurant brand has bigger reach than a retail brand. Uh, then you're going to have those disconnects. If you and the more and bad, you know, you get a bad reputation not for one major event in the restaurant business. It's usually the death of a thousand cuts. So you know, you promised me this in the marketing. I see that you talk about this in the community. I walk in the door. There's nobody greeting me. Well, eh, okay, maybe that's okay because you're busy. Then I get to the table and you ignore me there. I get to the next step of the experience and you ignore me there. And, it, and eventually, it gets to a point where the guest says, "This is not the experience I was promised. This is no good. You know, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to come back. Blah blah blah." Well, and I think uh, one step further, and I think this is the uh, the thing uh, restaurant owners maybe love and hate. Um, the Foursquare check-in and the Twitter at the table. Um, hey. I'm not. I'm not a big Foursquare fan. So, you know, check-in's fine, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, and 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 I, I guess and, and why I said um, that restaurant owners love and hate it is um, if I'm sitting in a restaurant, I t I typically check in whenever I go to a local restaurant because it's my way of of promoting local. But if I've checked in and I'm waiting five minutes and no waiter has come over, there's no water on my table, no one has greeted me, I'm already on Foursquare. I'm going to put in another check-in or a note on Twitter going, still sitting here. And so um, the impact of social media, and, and I do want to, let's start with that. 
Why are you not a, a Foursquare fan? Because that's probably the one that I think most social media people promote and say, that's restaurant retail, restaurant retail. Why not a big fan? Well, number one, restaurants aren't retail. So let's divorce that idea up front. Uh, the main reason I don't like Foursquare uh, for my business is that people, it's a game, and it's a game outside my four walls. The restaurant brand doesn't participate in that. That's a totally consumer-side experience, and that has absolutely nothing with, to do with my experience. Now, I don't, that's the only reason that I, I'm not a fan of Foursquare as part of my marketing. It does nothing for me. It doesn't add, subtract, multiply, or divide to my experience, that's a totally separate thing. Uh, so including that and thinking that it has some impact, it doesn't. But I'm not... Jeffrey, what about specials on Foursquare? What about using special discounts or special offers to promote loyalty and that kind of thing among customers? You don't see any value in that? I don't see any value in that at all. I don't see any value in discounts and coupons. I'm not a discount coupon fan, period. If I had my way... If I had my way, there'd be no discounts and coupons at all. And loyalty, when we're talking about that context, is not loyalty. It's about a frequency scheme. It has absolutely nothing to do with loyalty. I don't believe you can buy loyalty. And if you can, then somebody else is going to raise the price or lower the price, and you're off to the races. And now you're competing on price. You've become a commodity, blah, blah, blah. I believe in meaningfully differentiated value. That's what I believe in creating. And you can't do that with the same tools in the same manner that everybody else in the street is doing, then you lose that point differentiation. Uh, you know what, I mean, and that, that is a really interesting perspective. Um, uh, I, um, I do check in on Foursquare, and one of the, the check-ins that I've enjoyed actually um, is through American Express, the check-in perk, where if I pay with my Amex card, I get a discount on the service. And I thought that was kind of... Interesting because I was already at the venue and it was simply rewarding me um, for my method of payment. But I, I, I'm assuming there had to be some connection back where the facility was paying for part of that as well. Um, yeah, there, so may, there, may, there may or may not be, but nine times out of ten, it's not the case. That's simply an Amex deal, and that creates loyalty for you to Amex and your use of that card, but not necessarily to the restaurant brand. My whole concern is the brand in the restaurant and what it can do to amplify their experience, not somebody else's. Okay, so let's switch over because kind of the other side of the love-hate is the, uh, the consumer that is sitting at a table in a restaurant, and if they, if the wait staff is very attentive, if the evening is moving very well, they may tweet when they get there and they may tweet when they leave. If the wait staff has, has ignored them for too long, there's a higher tendency that they're going to be on Twitter complaining. How do you or do you uh, work with clients to sort of manage that or monitor Twitter activity um, in their restaurants? We encourage our clients to do just that, but getting back to the segmentation idea, we want to make sure that wherever our guest eyeballs are, that's where we're at. If And that gets back to having to know your guests. Your, all your guests are not going to be on every single platform, and an operator doesn't need to be on every single platform in order to be effective. The platforms they need to be on are the ones that their guests are on, and only those. So I, I think, that, you know, that's where you start. I think that idea of focus is definitely something that plays well not just in the restaurant.
restaurant industry, a year ago, we were telling all of our clients, you had to be on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And what we're telling people now is pick one and do it well. Pick the one that makes the most sense for your business. But you can't do that if you don't know who your customers are. Right. Our mantra is context, context, context. And that means it, you've got to be where their wherever their eyeballs are and where their hearts and minds are, that's where you need to be spreading around your influence. I, I want to get back to the four-square check-in thing for just a second to make one more point. And that, and that is I don't have any fear of four-square, and, and our operators shouldn't have fear of four-square. Uh, you know, our philosophy is bring it on. You know, we need to be experience-ready when you walk in the door. And if we're not, then we need to know about it. Now, how that gets communicated is, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another, but we've got to be ready. And one thing it does is it focuses the operator's attention on the operation itself and being experience-ready. And so, I mean, uh, and the bottom line is that if you do your job really well, um, one of the things I've seen is if you deliver the kind of service and the experience, social media will sort of take care of itself. I mean, if you do things well, the community will talk about you. If you do things badly, the community will talk about you. Which is no different than it was before social media. But understanding that restaurants were the original and ultimate social media people, I mean, we created the experience, the social experience. We've always been social. Word of mouth has been most prevalent with restaurants and hotels and hospitality businesses. So this is not something that should be strange to people. It's just a different piece of technology that allows the amplified, allows people to amplify their experience. Yes, but it, you know, and, and that's I think the thing we've, we've talked to a lot of our clients about is. Social media really doesn't change how you do business, regardless of the business that you're in. Um, it's really just one more conversation path. Well, it, and it, it may be one more, or it may replace some existing. Nine times out of ten, we find that it replaces some existing, and it just it doesn't add that much to it. I mean, there are two ways you can help make money with social media, and that's by you know lowering your cost of marketing or amplifying your message or getting your message out farther and increasing sales. So, uh, you know, that's where it gets into the, whether or not there's an ROI for each individual business, and that has to be, you know, assessed. Awesome. You know, um, before we, we went on the air, we were talking about a few things. You know, we talked a little bit about market segmentation, but we also talked about um, content. What kind of things should restaurants be um, – talking about and sharing via social media to support their uh, in-house experience? Content is not branding. Let's understand that up front. But one thing about restaurants is that you've got to have a story to tell or you're not going to be successful with social media. And the story you need to tell is about the experiences that your guests have with your brand. Awesome. And um, uh, can you give some examples or just, you know, uh, how, do, how do restaurants build some of those stories? You've got, to, you've, got to be on, you've got to be out front with the guests, number one. The operator has to be out there in the dining room talking to guests, managing expectations and the experience. And then as situations arise, you've got to 
provide a platform somehow, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's your blog, a forum on your website, something, uh, or through reviews, that you get the amplified experience of that guest out to everybody that's willing to take a look at it or listen to it or whatever. Yeah, you know, I when I think about some of my favorite restaurants, and, and there's a difference when a restaurant owner or a chef genuinely stops by a table and chats with me about the food, looks down and says, oh, I noticed that you're having the caprese salad. How do you like it? We tried a different dressing on it versus the very superficial when they buzz by and they're coming by at about 90 miles an hour doing what they feel is the obligatory, hi, how's everything, and they're gone before you can say it. Right. And I, and, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so I, I think it's it's um, uh, it's not just following the suggestion, but but really living it that makes the difference in in the experience. It it has to get beyond those basic questions. It has to get beyond the basic, what are you having for dinner, and are you enjoying it? That's you know, that's just the fundamentals. Okay, that's just the basic table talk. You've got to get into why they chose what they chose. You know, what's their what's their preference? Why are they there in the first place? And what about the experience underscores their choice of your brand? And how does it fit into their lives? See, the, uh, the core philosophy we have about restaurants and marketing is that everybody that walks into your door, it's a day in their life. It's a first date. It's a second date. It's an anniversary. It's a birthday. It's, you know, I'm meeting somebody or just I'm just killing time with friends. It's a social experience. And you either add to that social experience or you take away from it at the table or throughout the experience. And those operators that add value to that experience win. Those who don't will lose. But that is all yeah, that's all going to revolve around you understanding what per, what people are celebrating at that particular moment in time, that day in their life. And that's the that's the point you've got to get to. Not just understanding their salad dressing choice. That's the mistake that a lot of operators make. That's the type of superficial behavior, the type of superficial engagement that guests get weary of because they get the same thing everywhere they go. So the question of, you know, why are you here tonight? Are you celebrating something? Um, asking some of those questions. And, and uh, I hadn't really thought about it, but every now and then I have been asked those questions. And it, especially if it is a special occasion, it's fun to tell other people. Well, in, in our business, it's imperative because we're the ones providing the celebration. So we've got to come up with creative ways to insert ourselves into your life. Because un, until we create an emotional connection with you to our our brand, we want you to consider us for every life event that comes along your way. So we can't do that unless we make that emotional connection. Loyalty is built on the emotional connection you have to the brand. So we've got to find ways from our experience from the time you walk in the door to the time you leave or think about what you're going to do next time in order to get you back in the building. Absolutely. Um, let me just pop back really quick because I was, I was surfing your website, and and you're, um, you're pretty str uh, strong and pretty adamant about the whole, if you attract them with discounts, you're going to keep them um, coming back. And, you know, these days, Living Social, Groupon, Groupon Mom, all of these different um, tools. Uh, 
why why so passionate against them and what do you uh, how, how do you get you know especially the start the, the smaller restaurants as they're starting up to get comfortable to market without relying on them the, the core of our philosophy is you have to know your guests and you'll find out that no matter what surveys tell you about coupons guests don't want coupons they don't want more discounts what they want is better value and you've got to deliver better value we don't like coupons from a multitude of levels, not the least of which is it kills margins and it makes you a commodity really fast because you become a slave to price. And there's always going to be somebody across the street or down the street that undercut you by 10 cents. So I don't want to compete on price. I want to compete on my experience. I want to compete on my value. And I want guests in my business who pay full price and appreciate that value. Coupon people aren't loyal to anything more than the coupon or the discount. So there's always going to be a, a bigger, better value, a bigger, better deal somewhere else. But that's why you've got to create the emotional connection and insert yourselves into people's lives in order to gain real organic loyalty. And that's worth a lot more over the lifetime of a guest than the constantly tactic-driven, I've got to come up with another discount, another promotion that was bigger than yesterday's every single day kind of marketing thinking. I had somebody tell me that they thought it, um, they, they referred to that kind of marketing as cocaine marketing. It was, it felt good when you were doing it, but it was incredibly addictive um, because yep. you, once you got into that cycle, you felt you couldn't break it. Oh, ask anybody um, in the pizza business. And, and they will tell you the same thing that they're just, they're stuck on that. Um, Allison, you had a question. Yeah, we actually had a great question from Twitter from our good friend uh, Hazel Walker. Good morning, as always, Hazel. Um, she wanted to know what you thought, Jeffrey, about some of the restaurant review sites that are becoming so important and how we choose restaurants these days, Yelp, Urban Spoon, those kinds of things. I don't think they can be ignored, but I'm not a fan. And I'm not a fan for lots of reasons, number one of which is the anonymity. I don't like anonymous review sites. I think that's just bogus. I think at some point uh, Yelp and the rest of them are going to have to get away from that model. And you can argue with me all day long that, well, if people had to put their name to something, they'd be a lot less reviews. Well, maybe so, but maybe there needs to be a lot less reviews. But I want to see somebody's name. The second thing is, as an operator myself, I want to know at the point of experience whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because I need to fix it at the point of experience. If uh, you've got the wrong salad dressing, I need to fix it then. Waiting to try to fix it after the fact doesn't help me engage with more loyalty with that person. It, it's ruined it already. I've lost. It's another cut in that death of a thousand cuts scenario. So You're I want totally to right. Control. That's something even we struggle with is not knowing about a problem at the time of at the time that there's an issue, so we don't have a chance to make it right. I, I well, think that. That's the biggest opportunity with social media. Operators have got to get better. I mean, the fact that you can used to be able to just get by on mediocre businesses and pay your bills and have a decent living is was good 20 years ago, but that's gone. The days of the mom and pop get by just to be in the restaurant business are gone. You've got to be more sophisticated with your engagement, more sophisticated with your marketing more sophisticated with creating and establishing and amplifying your experience through your brand relationships. This has got to be the vocabulary of the operator in the year 2012 and beyond, probably more so. 
And I think that the, the, the interesting thing with the review sites is the restaurants where the owner is paying attention to their Twitter stream and is fixing the salad dressing because there's a tweet that goes up at that moment that says, you know, I'm sitting here after a, you know, a 10 minute wait, the waitress finally brought me the dressing and it was wrong. The restaurant yeah. owner that fixes it there is much less likely to have a negative review on those review sites. Well, and, and my point's going to be that they have a lot less negative reviews on those review sites if they had the, the right dressing to begin with. And if they had processes <laughs> and systems and they were engaged in the experience to the point of getting it right the first time. Because, you know, this is the example of, you know, getting the wrong salad dressing, but how easy is that to not just fix but just to get right? I mean, that's what we're in the business of doing is providing hospitality, not just service. Absolutely. There's a big difference. But if we don't do that, then, you know, we become mediocre and then we become desperate. So the last thing I'll say about review sites is I want to control the reviews. You know, 90% of people will look at review sites when they're choosing a brand that they've never chosen before, and I understand that. But here's the deal. Even more people will visit that brand's website, and that's where I want my reviews. I want my guests to give me reviews that I control on my website. I want it on my, my landscape, in my environment, inside my four walls, where I control it. Okay, yeah, and that's why thank you. Okay, we are going to run out of time in 30 seconds, um, and I, I, you're dead on. Um, uh, if you guys are interested, I want to make sure that you know that uh, Jeffrey's website is shgww.com. This has been a great program, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime to talk more. Be more than happy, Lori. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.